Theo, I know you and Joe and everybody provide a ton of value and a ton of information. So find people like that in your network and utilize their knowledge and leverage their access and ability to help you grow your business. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Vina Jetty. Vina, how are you doing today? Hi, Theo. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks for asking. Thanks for joining us today. Looking forward to learning more about you. So Vina is the partner at Vive Funds, which is a large multifamily syndication company. She grew up in a real estate family, and now their portfolio consists of $400 million in assets. She is based in Dallas, Texas, and her website is Vive Funds. That is V-I-V-E funds.com. So Vina, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for having me. I always tell people I kind of took the shortcut into multifamily because I come from a real estate family. So my mom is actually the one that was a successful real estate investor for her career. They started investing in real estate 30 something years ago. And then I went to undergrad, did my degree in finance, graduated when I was 20 years old and thought I was going to do something really revolutionary and different. So I went out and I worked in corporate real estate. (laughs) And so I think my mom was giving me a lot of side eye for not coming and working in the family business. Ultimately made a lot of money for a lot of other people, left corporate America back in 2012 and decided to go out and invest for myself. The catalyst for that was it was the first year my husband and I paid taxes jointly. And I called my mom up and said, mom, our tax bill was just crazy. What do I do? And she's like, well, you should look into getting full-time real estate professional status, go out, start your own business, be a real estate investor. So that's exactly what I did. And now today we obviously have grown our multifamily portfolio. We focus on large value add assets, class B, typically 1985 vintage and newer is what we like to do. 200 units and up, so it's our bread and butter. For the syndication business, what do you focus on? What's your main responsibilities for that? I actually touch all parts of my business. I actually oversee and set processes and make decisions across the entire business. But my focus and what I really enjoy the most, quite frankly, is the investor side. So anything that has to do with a capital raise and the interaction with our investors, anything external facing, that's where I actually really enjoy spending most of my time. Maybe walk us through your first syndication deal. And since you focus more on, I know you said you everything, but since your main focus is on the investor side, talk about how you were able to raise capital for that first deal. Yeah, it was really hard. <laughs> I feel like I thought we were not going to make it. It was very difficult. The first raise is always the hardest. I was going to everybody I knew uncles, aunts, friends, family, everybody. And it was tough to get a check. Everybody's excited and interested until it actually comes time to write the check. I remember there were nights where I was like, oh my gosh, we're not going to be able to close. We're going to lose all of this 
earnest money and we're not going to be able to close this deal. And the reputational hit is going to be something I can't put a price on. So it was actually a matter of being persistent and continuously talking to everybody in my network. At one point, I remember turning to my husband and being like, honey, we have to sell everything that we own because I need the cash to put into the deal <laughs> ourselves. He was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I need a million dollars right now. And he was like, what? <laughs> I don't understand what that means. He's not in the real estate world at all. So he totally does not see anything from the real estate side or syndication side of the business. And so he was like, okay, well, whatever we have to do, we'll do. So I really, his support is what I think got me through that first race. After the first race, it becomes significantly easier to raise capital. On the last deal we did, we put out a $26 million offering. And I mean, you still lose sleep, but it's for different reasons, right? It's not because you're not sure if you can raise that capital or if you can make any shortfall up. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. One of the hardest tasks to balance while scaling your real estate investing business is accounting. Well, realestateaccounting.co takes care of the numbers for you so you can grow your business and revenue. REA helps property managers and investors save time and money by automating back office, financial, admin, and accounting. Starting is quick and seamless from accounts payable to reconciliations, taxes, and reporting. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever to find out how REA clients save on average 30% by leveraging their accounting services versus hiring in-house. With CPAs on staff and being owner-operators themselves, REA knows the challenges of your growing real estate business. Try it risk-free at realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. And remember to mention the Best Ever Podcast sent you to receive up to $1,800 towards onboarding and services. That's realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one -on -one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. So it sounds like for the first deal, you had the deal first and then the money second. So for someone who is interested in doing syndications and wants to transition to doing larger deals and raising capital, based off of your experience, do you recommend that they find the deal first and then yep. call all their uncles and cousins and friends <laughs> or the other way around? <laughs> no, no, no. That's absolutely the worst way to do it because everybody always says, oh, find a great deal and then the money will come. The money will follow the great deals. And that's true, but also it's not really that true. So no, no, no. Don't do what I did. Actually, now I think the reason that we're able to raise capital as efficiently as we're able to is because of two things. One, 
I am never raising capital while we have a deal. I am going back to relationships that I've already established before there's any project or offering on the table. So one is raise that capital in between your deals. And secondly, set up your systems and processes so that you can be efficient when you do have a deal on the table. Because once you have a deal, it is very tough to be making hundreds of phone calls one-on-one with investors and explaining what the deal is. And you might have that relationship, but if it's like your aunt, they don't know you as Vina, the real estate investor, right? They know you as Vina, the two-year-old that I used to play with in make-believe. So that's what I think raising comes in between talking about what you're doing, explaining how it works, answering generic questions. So that by the time I do have an offering or I have something that is investable, my investors already know who I am, what our strategy is, what our background is, our vision, track record, et cetera. The only thing that they are looking at at that point is the actual deal metrics and what's happening on that specific asset. One thing you mentioned there is that they have the system and the processes because it's very difficult to do one-off emails and one-off phone calls with hundreds of investors. So could you walk us through your communication system with investors, starting from before you even have a deal. So you mentioned that your communication with them before you have a deal and then bring us into what you're doing to communicate when you have a deal. And then after you have a deal, how are you doing the ongoing communication, sending the financials, tax statements, things like that? So I'm actually really terrible at content creation, which I know you guys do exceptionally well. So I don't focus on content creation in between my deals. I tell my investors, you're not going to get a weekly or monthly newsletter from me about real estate happenings because I'm just not good at it. So what I do is in between deals is actually when I try to do my one-on-one calls with investors. So I like to intake calls with every investor if possible. It's not highly scalable, but it's part of the experience of investing with me. And it's something that I want to make sure I keep front and center, even as we continue to grow. So I always joke and say, I want to be like the Chanel of real estate investing because it's luxurious and an experience, right? So I do all these one-on-one intake calls. Actually, right before we hopped on this call, I was on a call with an investor from the UK who found me on social media and he's a professional athlete. So just making those connections and cultivating those relationships. And I don't have a deal right now. I don't even know that he's ever going to invest in a deal with me, but maybe. So what I do is I cultivate that relationship before there's a deal. Once there is a deal, I send out communication. We have a portal. We push everything out through the portal. We typically will schedule a conference call within a week of an offering going out. The conference call is something we use as a tool to add color to the offering memorandum. So what I used to do when I first started was I would walk through the OM and read through the pages and touch on the pages. But then I was like, these are smart people who are looking at investing 50, a hundred, 200 million dollars. They don't need me to read what's in front of them to them. What they need is the actual color that can be added that we can't put into an OM. So I've started focusing more on that conference call with adding color and detail to the project and why we like the deal and what we're looking at. And all of the non-tangibles that you're not going to put into an OM. And that's what we do on our conference call. By then, usually we're 
pretty much committed or overfunded and on a waiting list. And then we start going through the waiting list. And what I meant too by systems and processes is also having the system and process and recording and tracking set up to be able to say, okay, investor A has indicated $100,000 of interest and they filled out the soft commitment. Now they need documents. Okay, they received their documents on this date. They've opened it, but they haven't signed it yet. We need to follow up and find out if there's any questions around it or if there's anything that they have unanswered that they need before they can actually commit to the project. And then once they sign it, it's the follow-up with here wire instructions, hey, received your wire, sending out the closing emails, and then follow-up communication on a monthly basis, financials on a quarterly basis, making sure deposits are hitting the bank accounts appropriately. So all of those things, I think if you can set up a system beforehand, it actually makes it a lot better while you're running the deal. Is that all through your portal? You mentioned a funnel, the progression that they go through once they've opened that first email or submitted a commitment. Is all that tracked the portal? Or are you doing that with tags and MailChimp or something? I used to do it through Google form is what I used because I put it all into an Excel sheet and then I could track through the Excel sheet. Now I have shifted over to using our portal as our primary source of pushing information out and taking information in. Also, we're pretty big about security. So having wire instructions, the ability to push it out through a secure system makes me feel a lot better because I know there's a lot of wire fraud or intercepting emails. So the, you know, the other thing I always tell all of my investors too, is if you have even a teeny, teeny, teeny doubt about where you're sending funds, don't send them until we can talk. You know, my voice, you know, how to reach me, reach me on my cell phone or get in touch with me on a number that, you know, you can reach me on mm -hmm. and firm those verbally, because once the money's gone, it's gone. There's nothing any of us can do about it. And I've definitely heard of investors that have had this happen to them previously, and it's just unnecessary. And we can take such simple steps to prevent that. And then just really quickly, after you have a deal and you're doing those ongoing communications, are you doing that through the portal as well? Or is kind of doing the deal update, is that pretty manual? Or are you like tapped into your property management software and sending out automated updates? Actually, we're still doing it semi-manually. So what I've done is I actually have certain metrics that I like to see that we see on a weekly basis anyway, as we're managing the asset post-close. But for the investor newsletter specifically, there are certain things I like to look at and I like to report to investors because I recognize that my investors want to hear about certain trends. So what I do is I actually have a job form, which is similar to Google form, but it's more robust. So I have a job form. I send it out to our property managers. They input the data from the last month's financials. And it's like, I set it up as a fill in the blank or choose from the drop down, et cetera. So what they do is they fill all of that out. I take that information. I extrapolate what I need and I put it into our newsletter and I manually will send that out or I'll send it out through the portal, depending on which project it is. And that's J-O-T form, JOT? Yeah, JOT form, oh, J-O-T form. And then what metrics do you send to your investors every month? It depends on the asset really, because there are certain things that we will start tracking. For example, on one asset, when COVID hit, we had a lot of CDC declarations and we had a lot of delinquency and bad debt. So I know that's something that's concerning for investors and I kind of track what we're doing toward it. So I might say, 
on 123 Main Street. We had X number of CDC declarations. We've been working with them to reduce the balance by doing A, B, C, and D, the action plan. We've reduced delinquency from whatever, $100 down to $20 over the last month or whatever that looks like. So those are the metrics I look at on that asset. But generally speaking, we report on occupancy, leasing and marketing, delinquency, lease tours, maintenance, and resident events. And then this time of year, in the early part of the year, I'm usually also talking about taxes because that's usually the question I get the most in the first quarter of the year. So I'm talking about, hey, this is what you can expect from taxes. We've submitted information to the CPAs. We're at their mercy. We're waiting for them to give us the K-1s back. As soon as we have it, we'll send it back to you, either password protected or through the secure portals. Okay, Bina, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Oh my gosh, I think it is. Actually, it's a quote that I love because it's so applicable is the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the second best time is today. So people get stuck in analysis paralysis all the time. And quite frankly, I probably should have gotten stuck in that on some of my earlier deals where I wasn't sure how we were going to raise on it. But you know what? I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I jumped in because the first deal is absolutely the hardest. Once you get that monkey off your back, it is a lot easier to move forward. So just get started, find good partners, find good people to network with who can help you through it. Theo, I know you and Joe and everybody provide a ton of value and a ton of information. So find people like that in your network and utilize their knowledge and leverage their access and ability to help you grow your business. Okay, Bina, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Ooh, I don't know. I got to like warm up. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. Okay, Bina, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Oh, okay. So this is not exactly real estate related specifically, but it's something that I think is a really good book and every entrepreneur should definitely read it, especially if you're an expert in your field. It's a book called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. And it talks about gut reactions and why instinct is really important, even in decision-making in the business world. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Starting up again. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best ever way you like to give back? Oh, I am really involved with philanthropy. And so I do a lot of charitable giving. We do it through charity donations, but also one of the things I actually like to do with my deals is every time we close a deal, kind of ritual tradition is we pick a charity to donate to. And we make a donation. The last one we did was the Susan G. Komen breast cancer awareness donation. And I actually encourage all of my investors, everybody that touched the deal, I ask all of them to join us in doing the same thing and making a small donation. And I do a lot of grassroots donating. So when the pandemic hit, I was gathering as many N95s as I could. I was shipping them to physicians all across the country, our friends, family, everybody. So 
I like to get involved on the grassroots level as well. Nice. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? You can reach me on my website. I have my portal up there. It's Vive Funds, V-I-V-E-F-U-N-D-S.com. And you can just go to the portal and you can sign up there and schedule a call. And I'm happy to answer any questions or anything like that for anyone looking to connect. Perfect, Vina. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and providing us with your best ever advice. We start off by talking about why you think it's best to have the money first before you have the deal, because the deal first is the worst way. And you kind of explained how you were going crazy for that first deal, kind of gather all that capital. And then we went into a lot of details, a deep dive into your communications process with investors. So what you do before deals, given that Chanel luxurious experience with the one-on-one phone calls. And then once you have a deal, you push everything through your portal and do a really good job tracking commitments and following up with your portal. And then you talked about your conference call as well and how you don't just read the offer memorandum or the investment summary, but you're trying to add color to the OM about why you're doing the deal and focusing on the non-tangibles. And then after the deal, you mentioned that you use JotForm, which I think is fascinating, that you send your property management companies a fill-in-the-blank drop-down menu that they can input the metrics that you want them to track. And then you'll take that and put that into the newsletter. And you talked about how the metric kind of depend on the asset and obviously what's going on in the market during COVID. The metrics were a little bit different, focusing more on delinquency, bad debt, number of CDC declarations, and then the action plan, which I really like. And then also generally just occupancy, leasing, marketing, delinquencies, tours, maintenance, residence events, and then of course, right now, taxes. And then your best ever advice, which was the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, and the second best time is today. Something to inspire people to get out of that analysis by paralysis rut. Sabina, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow.